0: I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. Oh God, has been doing this a lot to me this year for some odd reason. And He spoke to me, he said, "I want you to scrap it." He said, "You preach it some other time." He said, um, "But what I'm going to do to you tonight is, is I'm going to strip you and." I'm going to make you really uncomfortable. And he said, I'm not going to humiliate you, but I'm going to heal some things in you. But he said, I- I'm going I'm to sacrifice you tonight. And he said, it's for the cause of the body. He said, there's been some wounds in the body. These wounds had taken place in certain people in this place years ago. And he said some of them's even forgot about the things that happened to them, the bad things and the, the pain and the suffering. You you've kind of forgotten about them. You put them in the back of your mind and the back of your spirit. But he said there's wounds that have have happened and over the years they haven't healed. They've just been put back. He said, but every now and then people make wrong decisions and do silly things and, and it stems from these wounds that has been in our past. He said, I'm going to use you tonight to go back to heal them. And so he began to speak to me. He said, this is what I want you to begin to tell my people and so I, I come to you tonight I, I'm, I'm going to be I talked to the pastor tonight before I, I come out here I, I am absolutely scared to death I don't know what God's going to do and what God's really going to speak to me I, I don't have any notes but I, I want to begin to, to, to let you know that there is hope for your future I don't care where you've come from. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what's happened to you in your past. But God sent me here tonight to tell you that it is not your fault. And you can stop blaming yourself. And from this night forward, God is going to heal you and heal your spirit. And there's people in here that are looking at me like I'm crazy because you're you're saying, I I don't know what you're talking about. Every single person in here has been wounded in some way or another. Whether it's been rejection uh, friends rejecting you or family uh, that's rejected you or broken homes, whether you've been abused, whether it's been physically, sexually, or whatever it is. We've all had some kind of wound. That's happened to us. I, I, I grew up in a, in a pastor's home. Before my father was was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. He, uh, he lived a really rough, rough life. He was born and raised in one of the worst cities that you could ever be raised in. East St. Louis in the 60s. It's literally, uh, if you go there now, it's, it's a bomb zone. It, it looks like Baghdad, if you will, after a bomb hit it. It's so horrible. My father, he uh, was born and raised there, and he uh, was raised around the gang violence. And the, the things, I'm not at liberty to talk about tonight, but the things that he was involved in was an absolute uh, horrible way to live. He didn't fight for recreational reasons like some people did he didn't fight because it was a good time he literally fought every day of his life because he wanted to live his brothers were all like that they literally fought to live one of the days he went on the uh, on the school bus uh, his, an, uh, he was in 8th grade, I believe, and a 7th grade kid walked up and shot the bus driver in the head for no reason. So he was bound and determined that he wasn't going to go back to school in 8th grade. He fell into crime and uh, things that he'd done that was is, is unfathomable. He should be in prison or he better yet, he probably should be dead. And But he got out of that and God filled him with the Holy Ghost and... Uh, I grew up, I want, I want to let you know tonight that I had great parents. If there was ever uh, parents that were perfect, it, 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 that as perfect as they could be, my parents were as good as parents as that you could have. They were incredible. They taught us respect. They taught us how to live for God. They taught us how to be uh, uh, faithful to the house of God, giving, and, and, and uh just taught, put a lot of good things in me. And and it's you can see it in my brothers and sisters. They it's it's you can't go around it. It was they're just great people. And I remember growing up in the house of God. I slept on the under the third pew. I remember remember countless nights as a baby. Uh, rolling two or three years up old, rolling out from underneath the pew and and uh, seeing people laid in the altar, people filled with the Holy Ghost. It was nothing for 15, 16 people getting the Holy Ghost in one night in Ziegler, Illinois. I remember at five years old, so I've talked about this before, at five years old, God called me to preach. At five years old. And I, I remember... Being such an introvert that I would literally get sick to my stomach thinking about being called to preach. I would make an excuse and I remember telling my mom that I was sick, and I literally was. I'd get up, and my mom would take me to the bathroom, and she thought I had the flu because I would get sick in the bathroom, and it all stemmed because God was speaking to me and calling me to preach, and I was so scared to death. I couldn't look people in the eye when, when people talked to me. People think that I'm all outgoing and so this is a lot of force. I force myself to be outgoing. That's not really truly how I am, but at five years old, I was locked In myself, I was afraid to talk to people. And you can imagine God speaking to me. Telling me, you're going to do what Pastor Sullivan's going to do. You're going to preach the word. And I could not picture myself standing up talking to people. I couldn't talk to... My relatives, let alone people, and so I, God began to call me, and I I begin to see things in the spirit. I seen angels. I seen devils. I I begin to have dreams of of having revivals and people getting up out of wheelchairs, and and I remember secretly walking by people and just tapping them on the leg or whatever, and God began to heal their bodies. And I never said anything to anybody about it. God had given me at an early age uh, uh, the gift of healing. And I could see things. I began to understand things in the spirit. People would walk in our church services and I began to see the devil, uh, the devils that uh, that that plagued them. And I seen all kinds of things. I don't understand why I seen those things or I was able to see those things at such an early age, but I did. And God was called. Calling me had a call, different odd. It was odd to me. I didn't understand it. I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. And as I got older, uh, I, I, some things happened in my life. It just, it just it began to unravel my heart, my spirit, and my mind. And this is the hard part to talk about. This is where God is going to... Uh, I feel like I'm going to help somebody here tonight. At an early age... That I, uh, people that my father and my mother trusted and they should have trusted came to our home and they began to hurt me. And they began to do things to me that I really do not want to get into and I believe that you understand what I'm talking about without getting into it. But it began to happen and it happened Three different individuals hurt me. My father and my mother didn't know anything about it. I I I was, I didn't want to tell them about it. I was embarrassed about it. I was broken. And you can imagine how I felt. I was sensitive anyway in my spirit. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, Brother Tony, that it was the devil that was trying to destroy what God had put in me. And from that moment on, I did not understand why really it was happening to me. I just knew that the devil was after me. He was trying to destroy my future, and I understood it. But I can't tell you the pain that it caused in my life. I went from being just a simple introvert to being so nervous. I had to carry things in my hand when I walked in public. I was so nervous because I thought everybody knew. I was so ashamed of who I was. I was broken inside. I didn't want anybody to know. I remember one time my sister called me a certain name at the table when I was eating supper at my, uh, with my family and I absolutely come unglued. I about tore the supper table apart. I flipped out. My dad was, he was blown away. He's like, you know, you shouldn't have called him that, but I don't know why you're acting like that. It was because I thought everybody knew. And I was, I would go to school and I would... Tiptoe through the hallways, and I would hide from people because I was so embarrassed because of the pain that I felt in my spirit, and I had nowhere to hide. And I remember uh, bitterness began to seep into my spirit, and I began to hate. And at the same time, one side of me loved, and the other side I, be- I hated, and I couldn't understand it. I felt like I was being torn to pieces in my mind and my spirit, and the devil was after me. I remember one time I got so fed up with thinking about it and so and and dealing with it. I put a, a two shells in a double-barrel shotgun when I was about 11 or 12 years old, and I put the shotgun in my mouth. And my sister walked in and, and she caught me and she called my neighbor, our neighbor, and they come over. Embarrassment and my family come over. I, my mom and dad couldn't understand what was going on in my mind and in my spirit, but I. Knew that the devil wanted me eliminated. I, I, I had a better message prepared. I, it was it was a little more polished, but i I feel like I'm going to hit the devil right in the face tonight. And so time. As time went by, I got and I got older. My father had found out what happened and, and my mom knew what happened and I was so ashamed. They didn't go out and tell anybody, but I went to school and my grades suffered tremendously. I made straight F's and uh, I was lucky to make a D and and uh, teachers knew that I was a bright student, but they just couldn't understand why I went through that. And as I got older, I began to get into to, uh, the, with the bitterness and the pain that I had felt, I began to unleash it. I had locked inside, and I began to uh, unleash my in uh, my. Pain inside on other people. People uh, that looked at me wrong. I would just punch them right in their face. We didn't talk about it. If they looked at me and said anything wrong. I would just drill them right in their face. I remember when I got my license. There was times that somebody had given me the, the finger or whatever. And said the wrong thing to me. I chased them down. I would knock their window out. I would pull them out of their car. And I would beat them. And it all stemmed. From the pain and anger that I felt in my spirit. I remember one of the things that happened. I I got into uh, uh, something in Knoxville, Tennessee. I was there and I ended up getting stabbed with a knife. A guy stabbed me with a knife and about six guys beat me until I couldn't hardly move. And that happened time and time again. And I felt, Brother Robertson, I felt like I deserved it. And I didn't. I felt like that is what was coming to me because of the shame of the life that had the things that had happened to me. I felt like that that what was owed to me. I, I, I was proud of it. I was glad I was glad to feel the pain. I'll tell you what, really what it was. It was the first time in my life that I didn't feel pain in my heart. I didn't feel pain in my spirit. I felt pain in my body, and I was trying to find some kind of rel- rel- uh, relief from it. And that's how I lived my life. I felt like I deserved to be broken. And that's how some of there's people here tonight that you live your life and you feel like you deserve to get hurt. You feel like you deserve all the pain that you get. And before long, the devil has made you think that you deserve it. There's no way you can get out of it. You deserve it. And there's no way that you're going to get out of it. But can I tell you tonight, you don't have to live in the pain and the misery. You don't have to deal with it. And it, it took years for me to understand, even even up until my marriage, until I got married, that it took years for me to begin to understand that I was more than just a, a punching bag for somebody. I was more than just a just just a whatever to somebody. I was a child of God. I want you to know that if you've been baptized in the precious name of Jesus Christ, you're no longer a slave to sin. You don't no longer have to live by the power of the devil, but you have been bought with a price by the precious blood of Jesus. You don't have to live in pain. You don't have to live like that. The devil has convinced us a long time, some of us, that we deserve it. And that's where we're going to be. And that's where we've got to stay. But I refuse to believe the enemy tonight. I refuse to let him have me. I refuse him to let him have my children. I refuse to let him have my church. I am sick and tired of him beating us down. So God has spoke to me tonight to speak to you. God spoke to me Thursday night. He said, "I cannot adequately work through my body when it's wounded. I cannot adequately work through my people when they're constantly bitter with unforgiveness." I cannot adequately heal my people and use them in in the gifts until they are healed themselves. And that is what God is wanting to do tonight. He wants to reach down into the deep, dark uh, places in your spirit and begin to take the things that have hurt you for years. He wants to take them away from you. But you've got to be willing to give it to Him. I was reminded, I love the story. One of my favorite all-time stories in the Bible, besides that of Jesus Christ, Calvary, and all that. But my favorite story is the story of Mephibosheth. It's probably because that I see myself so much in that man. I don't know how much you know about him, but I, it's, it, I'll just tell you a little bit about Mephibosheth. His father was Jonathan. His grandfather was Saul, which was the king of Israel. He was the first king of Israel. He was the grandson of Saul. Saul, he loses his kingdom. He, 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 uh, he, uh, the Bible talks about Saul. He walks away. He didn't walk right, right, righteously unto the Lord, so he loses his kingdom. And I don't know how much you know about the way they used to do things Back in that day. But if one kingdom changed powers or positions. The king that took the reins of that place. Of that city. Had the right to kill the other part part of the families of the last kingdom. In other words. David had every right kill jonathan he had every right to kill every one of saul's grandchildren and their grandchildren i'll tell you why back then men were so paranoid of their thrones they were so paranoid that somebody would come in and steal away their throne or try to up uh, create an upheaval in the kingdom to try to take back the kingdom and so kings would kill their children even Tiberius Caesar, for instance, he killed his own three boys in front of his whole court entourage because he was so paranoid that his own children was going to take his kingdom. Herod the Great, he killed his sister. He killed his own brothers. He killed his granddad. He killed his brother-in-laws. He killed everybody in his family. That because he was paranoid that somebody was going to take away his throne. That's why he went and he sought after Jesus. He tried to find Jesus uh, to kill the, the Messiah. They were paranoid. And so, David, he's got a kingdom now, and he, he asked a question. He said, Is there anybody left in the lineage of Saul? And somebody said, Yeah, there's one boy named Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. He uh, had, has a different kind of the same story as some of us. He was at five years old. He was being babysat by the one of the servants, and some men came uh, to to their house, and she thought that they were after them. So she, in 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 a hurry, and to get uh, a place to hide, she. Literally drops him on the floor, and his legs were crushed. They didn't have hospitals like we have that they could go and fix his legs. They they didn't have uh, surgery centers that they could go and fix his legs. She they literally probably tied a few sticks around his legs, and they healed at the best that they could. Uh, I, the bones were broken to the point in his in his legs that they did not heal correctly. So he he begins to heal in a way where he became. A crippled for the rest of his life. And it wasn't his fault, but he constantly would look at, his, at himself in the mirror, if you will, and he was constantly down on himself. Matter of fact, there was one time in the scripture where he referred to himself as a dog. He was no good for anybody. I mean, picture it. He was the son of royalty. That was always in the back of his mind. I could have been. I should have been. But look at me now. I'm beaten down. I'm, I, don't, I don't deserve anything. And I should be on the side of the road. Everybody had to bring him food. And everybody had to make a living for him. He was wealthy enough where he didn't have to go somewhere and beg. But he was to the point of his life where he just could not help himself and so he, he he looks at himself like he's a dog, and David finds him, and when David finds him, he thought he knew what was coming, because he knew what the protocol was, he knew that he should die, he knew that he he didn't deserve anything, he knew who his father was, he knew who his granddad was, and in his mind, he should have died, he views himself as a broken down man, he was worthless to, uh, to everybody, he didn't, couldn't add anything to anybody so David comes and gets him and David says you have it all wrong you don't you don't understand I'm not here to kill you but let me let me tell you a little something about your daddy Your dad saved my life. If it wasn't for your dad and what he did for me, I would never be here. I would be dead. And I'm not saving you for what you are or for what you become. Yeah, I know you haven't added anything to my kingdom. I know I basically was telling... I know you're worthless. I know you don't have the ability. And I know it's not your fault. I really should kill you. But the reason I'm sparing your life is because of who your dad is. Can I tell you something tonight? That there are many here that have been broken and busted down. You may not be good to many. But can I tell you something? You're only here because of... Of what your dad did for you, you're not, you're not here. You're only here because of what your father did. Because you know what your dad did, he left his throne from heaven's portals and he a across up Calvary's Hill and he made it possible. And so we got to understand that it's not it has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with our brokenness. It doesn't matter because it's because of what our dad did for us on Calvary's Hill 2,000 years ago. That's why I can stand in a pulpit through all my failures, through all my brokenness, through all my pain. When I felt worthless and when I didn't have anywhere to go. My dad. My dad, my dad, my dad, your dad is Jesus Christ. You serve the greatest God there is, the one true only God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm fighting pure hell right now. You got to make up your mind right now what your future is going to be. You can walk away right now and you can just say, you know what? I'm too far gone. I've been through too much junk. I've been through too much hell in my life. And I don't. nobody else wants me. You can have that pity party. I've been through it. I've walked through it in my life. But I had to come to the conclusion that every single man and every single woman has been broken at one time or the other. Look around. What you see is a bunch of drug addicts and a bunch of alcoholics. But for the grace of God... You're not here, me. I'm telling you, when you're going through it, you seem like you're the only one. But I can tell you that I'm not the only one that went through the pain and the junk. This guy right here, at an early age, was, you know how he was babysat when he was a kid? Somebody one somebody that was supposed to look after him walked in and threw a bag of dope down on the table when he was 11 and 12 years old and said, go have a good time. Just get out of my hair. That's what kind of junk that he went through. And he walked in here. I remember him walking in here stoned out of his brain. But you know what? God put his life back together. We're not the only ones. There is people in here that has been broken down. So, it was a miracle that his life was spared. It was simply a miracle. His life was just spared because he should have died. But David, he didn't just stop there by sparing his life. He he says, I want you to come to my home. And you can imagine what he felt like in his life. He he used to live live in a king's house. but He lost his right. And now he's being accepted back in. He's been adopted in, if you will. So he's he's brought into the king's house, and I can see it, brother Horton. David's sitting at the front of the table, the head of the table, and all David, the king's splendor. He's sitting there with this great feast that he's sitting there, and he looks, and he his "Beautiful wife, the queen." sitting at one end of the table. And one on, on one side is Solomon, the wisest man that would ever live, would be the future of the church, and then the, the future of God's kingdom is sitting on one side, and there's this other son named Absalom. There he is sitting there, just as good looking as all get out, the beautiful hair that he's got. King's kids got it all together. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. And David sitting at the head of the table, and he's looking at his watch, if you will, and he's saying, where's Mephibosheth? and Mephibosheth doesn't feel worthy to come to the king's table because he's broken down and after all, after he gets to the king's table he's going going to sit down with a king, a queen and the wisest man that ever lived and the guy that looks like Brad Pitt (laughs) you know who that is? that's a beautiful baby by the way And so he comes in, he's, he's broken down, he's, he's crippled, David said, Mephibosheth, where he at? He's a little bit slow because he just can't move the dead legs and he's having a problem. He's busted down so bad and he can't move his legs and... He's taking all the time I am heading to a table that I, I just don't deserve to be at How I many of you ever felt like that going to a church service I just don't I just don't feel worthy I just don't feel like I should be lifting my hands with all those holy people And you could hear him dragging his legs through that Echoing castle and the clanking of those crutches, he's pulling his legs down through there. David's he's getting impatient by now. He's wanting to eat. He's getting ready to bless the bread and he's wanting, he's wanting to eat. You can see the frustration on Solomon and, and them and he's Mephibosheth, where in the world are you? Can't you hurry? I'm, I'm, well, I'm doing the best that I can with what I've got. I, I don't have much. As you can see, you're the one that invited me. And so I, I'm, I'm here. I'm, you can start without me if you want to. And the king says, no, I'm not going to start without me. You're as much as part of my family as we are. You're just like my son. Remember what your dad did. He, I'm inviting you to my table. I, he's, and he's frustrated with his legs. And he, he finally makes it to the table. And he sits down at the table. And he's, he's winded. He's worn out. And I can just vision, just picture this. He can't move his legs. So he, literally with every bit of strength that he has, he picks his dead legs up. And he puts them underneath the table. And for the first time in his life, Since he was five, his dead legs were hidden. If anybody had walked into that room at that moment, they would have never seen his weakness because for the first time in his life, he didn't have crutches. He was sitting at the king's table. And when you're sitting at the king's table, your legs are underneath the king's table. And you look just like everybody else. Can I tell you that when you're invited to the king's table, it doesn't matter what you felt like in your past. It doesn't matter what you've been through and what you've had to rely on for so many years. When you sit down at the king's table, you're just like everybody else. when I preach this gospel and every time I do, I walk up to this podium and many times just like tonight, the devil flashes in front of my face things that I've done in my life and shortcomings and places that I've been and people that I hurt. He begins to flash it in my mind, but can I tell you when the anointing comes upon me, God begins to remind you, you're sitting at the king's table now. You don't have to no longer be crippled. You don't know how longer have to be afflicted by the devil any longer you're at the king's table hallelujah hallelujah come on let's stand to our feet and let's clap our hands come on let's stand to our feet and clap our hands come on come on let's come on shout hallelujah 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 (laughs) hallelujah I'm going to talk to you for a minute. I want you to close. I want everybody to close their eyes. I want to talk to you too. There's been so much pain that you've had to go through in your life. And all this happened when you were kids. I don't know any details. I don't know anything. You've never shared anything with me you never talked to me about it. But I know that the devil knew you, that you were going to be something great in life. He's attacked you on every level of your life. He has hurt you on all, all kinds of ways. It's just, and I know you're embarrassed to even, even think about it. But God had called you out for a reason. He knew that you were going to be standing here tonight. He knew that Brother Hill was going to be speaking to you. And up until this time, I know, I know you've had powerful ministries in prayer. I know you've had gifts in healing, and you've laid hands on the sick. I know, I know the calling that God has had on your life and the worship that you, you display to God. But you come here tonight. There has been things in your spirit's that has held you captive for so long since both of you all were little girls and has chased you and has tried to make you believe that you'll never get past it. There's been times, there's been good days and there's been times that you have forgotten about it. But it's still there. There's a hint of it that's still there. has chased you and God wants me to tell you tonight that God is taking it away from you right now. I want you to picture it in your mind that you're giving it to God right now and you're not going to hold on to it any longer. You're going to walk away from it and you're never going to pick it up ever again. There's not going to be any more excuses. When the devil comes to you and try to make you to believe that you have been a failure and it's your fault, you're going to tell him, I'm sitting at a king's table. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to open this altar up. I'm going to open this altar right now. And I'm telling you right now, I know that I, I didn't, this, this is not a polished message. But I delivered to, to you, to what God wanted me to speak to you tonight. And I believe that God wants to heal right now. But you've got to want it. I want you to come to this altar. Come on, you're going to have to get desperate right now. I want you to come to this altar. John, I want you to come up here. If the piano would begin to play, I want you to come. Hold on just a second. Come on, that's not all there is. I want you to stay right there. That's not all there is. I know it feels real uncomfortable in here. That's the devil trying to tell you that you can't come up here and try to you're gonna be embarrassed. I want you to come to this altar. We're gonna kick the devil right in the teeth. We're gonna remind the devil whose child you are. Hallelujah.